Hello and welcome back to a Western Conference Final Preview edition of the Warriors uh, All-82 Podcast and a uh, crossover with Jovan Buha Forum Club. Um, that might be bold of me, Jovan. I don't, I, I'm not ready to predict this is going to be a West Finals preview, but uh, shockingly competitive game between the Warriors and Lakers. Even more shockingly, the Warriors won because of their backups. Uh, they beat a... Uh, I guess, kind of a cruise control Lakers team. How would you define the Lakers' effort on MLK Day? I think cruise control is a, is a good word or you know, a couple words for th- their effort tonight. Uh, they denied that postgame. You know, they chalked this up to just the Warriors outplaying them, out-executing them down the stretch. But um, I felt like it, it was one of those games where they got the big lead. They went into cruise control, and then they they tried to you know restart the engine when it was too late. At, you know that those last few minutes or so, uh, at which point the Warriors had kind of taken momentum of the game. So to me, what what stands out is LeBron James and Anthony Davis a combined thirty six points on twelve of thirty two shooting. Uh, only the fifth game in their tenure together in LA uh, that both failed to reach 20 points and the Lakers are now 0-5 in those five games. So uh, that to me was a story because it felt like in the first half, you know, the the Lakers got the big lead. uh, They they had a bunch of points in the paint. They they were kind of dominating on both ends. Uh, But really in the the second half, in particular the fourth quarter, the Warriors put the clamps on those two and, and they didn't get to the rim. They didn't get to the paint. And, and then the Warriors, you know, were, were scoring on the other end at ease with, with 34 points. And it felt like it could have been more in that fourth. So well, this Warriors team is supposed to be in, in Steve Kerr's dream scenario before the season, a good defensive team. He says a top 10 unit. Um, I don't expect them to be a top 10 offense this year. They don't even really, even though they have Steph Curry, they have offensive flaws. But what you have up and down the roster is length, activity, some youth, some speed. Um, and you, to, to me, you saw it tonight. You know, they've had an up and down early season, and that means an up and down defensive season. But when they are engaged, and there was times tonight they were, they have two theoretical good wing defenders, Andrew Wiggins, who's now, I think, like somewhere around sixth in the league in block shots, and then Kelly Oubre, who had his best game as a Warrior tonight, uh, who's kind of all over the place. He's just he's just a pest kind of he's like almost Patrick Beverly the wing version at times um and they kind of tag team LeBron and then really I mean if Draymond Green is playing well and he has and has not at times this season but when he is he's long been one of the best defenders in the league on Anthony Davis a smaller good defender but you know just he's got all the tricks and he's got the the veteran whistle that sometimes goes his way and the way he kind of manipulates referees and uh, that was probably the story tonight Davis, like you said, Davis goes six to sixteen shooting. LeBron goes six to sixteen shooting, and I think a lot of that credit is due to long active those three long active Warriors defenders. And LeBron went into it in one of his post game answers where he said that you mentioned the refereeing. He, he felt that the refereeing tonight took the Lakers out of their flow. Um, you know, he mentioned that uh, you know he had five turnovers. I think three three of those, or, or maybe even four, were on travel calls. And he's like, I've made that move you know, multiple times a night, every night, my entire career. And I've never had as many travels called, um, you know, as this game. So if the refs want to call it that way, then I don't know why they weren't calling it that way for my entire career. 
and why they chose tonight to, to just all of a sudden give me three or four travels. Um, and, and then he also, and then he mentioned Draymond's travel, which, uh, you know, was a, a no call that he, he got that layup on. And he said he went up to the ref uh, that, that called the travel on him and said, why was that not a travel on Draymond? And the ref said that wasn't a travel. So um, th- there was some kind of chirping fr- from the Lakers side post game about the refereeing, uh, about some of the foul calls late, uh, some of the travels. Uh, but, but you know, I think you, you got to give credit to the Warriors and, and holding the Lakers, uh, who, who've been a juggernaut offensively, to 21 points in the fourth, zero assists in the fourth. Um, you know, it, it was just a, a stellar two-way performance. Yeah, the Warriors, from their side of things, won the game with the second unit, which has been much better than the starters this year. The Warriors' starting lineup is really kind of like the worst high-usage lineup in the league right now, if you look at, like, net rating. Um, but their second unit, particularly, I'm talking about not necessarily the late first, late third quarter second unit, but the one that starts the second and fourth quarters with Eric Paschal, who's like six foot six, you know, forward is now their center that, you know, essentially, um, and a bunch of like shooters and just kind of like grinded out dudes, Wanamaker, Bazemore out there. They've been like outplaying good teams. I mean, that was the key to their 22 point comeback win over the Clippers. And then now they have a 19 point comeback win over the Lakers. And if you look at both those games, that comeback starts either start of the second quarter or start of the, the fourth quarter. And some of that's Pascal, right? Pascal was eight of 11. He had, I think 18 points in 19 minutes tonight going at, you know, Montrez Harrell at Kuzma at times. And um, some of that, again, like we were talking about earlier, is the Lakers get up and they kind of start to coast maybe a little bit. But that's become the identity of the Warriors right now, whether that second unit at least. Like, they kind of like, they, they go at teams. They go at these bench units. And I thought that's really kind of where they won the game or at least got clawed back into the game, I should say. And you look at the flip side from the Lakers, like, you know, Markeith Morris, minus 12 in six minutes. Uh, you know, Kyle Kuzma, minus 13 in, in 25 minutes, uh, in, including some some key minutes in the fourth. Uh, but I really look at that Markeith lineup where the lineup is, is Trez, Markeith, LeBron, uh, Kuzma, and Wes Matthews. And really, aside from LeBron, you don't have another primary ball handler playmaker out there. Um, and, and I had a tweet, you know, after that, that lineup just got destroyed, you know, that, that was all Markeith, you know, so minus 12 and six minutes, um, you know, where it's like, I think the Lakers need to retire that lineup. It, it had been their second most used lineup. And I think it had a minus 35 net rating uh, heading into tonight. And it, it's just that lineup has not worked. And, and I think if you're the Lakers, like you have to go with two ball handler scorers, uh, at, you know, on the floor at all times. And that's AD, that's LeBron, that, that's Gasol as a passer, you know, Dennis Schroeder, like um, Caruso, THT, like you need two of those guys on the floor at all times as, as a ball handler, as a playmaker, uh, because I think those minutes ultimately like, you know, wasn't the difference necessarily, but it did give the Warriors some life in that first half. And, and we saw that kind of going into halftime. They were back in the game uh, and it was kind of a seesaw there for a little bit. Uh, but but heading into the fourth, you know, that, that's really where they won those you know bench minutes. And um, it, it has been something that has cost the Lakers, you know, not only in this game, but in, in a few other losses this season. Um, so I think re-tinkering their bench unit is going to be something that they're going to have to figure out as well. Yeah, from a Warriors perspective, they even though it's been a success, they actually did kind of rejuggle some things tonight. And that was uh, they flipped Wiggins and Oubre, who are both starters. They're starters on the wing, but 
previously, Wiggins had been with that start of the second, start of the fourth quarter unit, and he'd been doing fine, and that unit was playing well, like I said. But Ubre has been one of the worst players in the league to this point of the year. Um, mostly off, like he's still done some disruptive stuff defensively, but we're talking about a guy who was one of 25 from three at one point. I mean, he's basically been living at about 10% from three. Um, he only went two of eight from deep tonight, but he was more confident, and some of that was the fact that Instead of Wiggins being with that second unit, now suddenly Ubre was, and that gave Ubre really a more simplified offensive role. When he's playing with Steph Curry, he's supposed to know all the off-ball cuts and all. It's like a different ecosystem. It's a hard to play ecosystem for a guy like Ubre. Whereas Wiggins is more comfortable within that, and Ubre he did so a bit more slashing. He had a big layup at the end. Um, he did, you know, had some hustle plays with within there, and I think they found that he makes sense separated a bit from Curry and you know the fan base wants him completely separated from Curry and taken out of the starting lineup and perhaps that will someday come but I do think it's a nice middle ground that, that Steve Kerr has found um, and and it, it clearly got Oubre going because I know you probably haven't seen how poor he's been early in the season at least on like a nightly basis but he was probably what would you say like third fourth fifth most impactful player of the whole night tonight oh oh for sure and and I think another thing uh, that that kind of went uh, at least I didn't see it being talked about much on Twitter. I, I'm not as much on, on Warriors Twitter, uh, but I, I thought their bench, the, the energy from the bench, the, the celebrating, um, the, the, the kind of, you know, having five guys along the baseline. Like I, I know Frank Vogel uh, ended up complaining about that a couple of times uh, and the refs ultimately, you know, didn't do anything about that. But I, I thought the, the energy of the literal bench <laughs> and just kind of being, invested in, in defensive possessions in crunch time um, and, and you know just all throughout that fourth quarter really provided a, a energy level for the Warriors like they were the ones that you know were playing with that confidence and, and that bravado that um, you know you would expect the Lakers to be playing with at, at home and I think you kind of saw that impact of you know normally this would be a, a you know a, a raucous uh, you know Staples Center crowd and, and going crazy and um, you know it's LeBron versus Steph and, and Draymond versus AD and like it would have been a fun environment but with, with no fans in attendance and it, it just being you know both sides kind of creating that energy I think the Warriors had a massive edge in, in, in that regard and, and it just kind of dominated you know we're just looking at the bench energy it was no contest you know golden state had way more than the lakers did yeah and some of that is just like regular season importance right i mean the lakers lose tonight it's like eh whatever like the that's like that's a big win for the warriors you know just for them clawing that out it's like oh now they can ride a little bit momentum and that they have an easier schedule coming up spurs knicks wolves a couple times and it's suddenly like seven and six feels a lot different than six and seven to them as they try to gain some footing as like a legit playoff team whereas the Lakers like whatever you know and and that's something that it's just it's just the Lakers can't really you try to avoid that I know Frank Vogel talks about habits a lot but the realities of the situation are what they are and it's just sometimes gonna be tough for the Lakers to get up for a 48 minute game every other night when uh nightly results really don't have that much weight particularly as they look down the conference and nobody's really like clawing at them yeah and it's also weird that they're now four and four at home and seven and oh on the road and the road schedule you know has been easier than the home schedule so when you look at some of the losses you know losing to the clippers or the blazers or now the warriors like those are teams that are going to be you know, with the Clippers and Blazers, those could be two top six seeds. And, and then, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with the Warriors. Like they, they definitely are going to be 
in that playoff mix, at least in the play-in mix, I think at a minimum. Uh, so like th- those are solid teams. Look at the teams they've beaten on the road. It's, it's the Rockets, it's the Spurs, it's the Grizzlies, it's the Thunder. Like, I think all four of those teams are, are probably going to be in the lottery. Uh, so it, it does ma- make sense from like a, an actual just like how good the teams are, you know, why they've been better on the road. But it is weird that, you know, this was a team that was dominant at Staples Center last season and, and is already off to a four and four start, which, you know, looking across the league at the other elite teams, uh, you know, most teams have two home losses at, at most, you know, one, two, you know, maybe three. But no one is 500 at home uh, among that contending group. So it is a bit of a weird trend. And I think, you know, we've seen it across the league. Road teams are winning more than, than, than home teams. Um, but, but it is kind of weird for a, a Lakers team that, that prides itself on, on being so good at Staples Center um, for them to have this like funky start where, you know, it doesn't feel like they have a home court advantage right now um, the, the way it is for some other teams. What was the vibe in there? They were frustrated. Uh, you know, they, they took a while to, to talk to the media uh, post game. Again, like it, it was the, the, the Warriors were the ones kind of bringing that energy, bringing that noise. Like even uh, James Wiseman, like I, I tweeted, you know, after he got his fifth foul, came out, knocked over a, a Gatorade cart and, and was pissed off. And um, like you, you could tell, as you said, the, the Warriors were the team that cared more. And, and, and the, you know, they brought that energy. And even though it was a rough start and, and you know, they were down uh, multiple times by 15 plus points. Uh, you know, they ultimately kind of, you know, got over that. And, and I think with, with the Lakers, it was the exact opposite. And, um, you know, now they're going on a seven game road trip. It's the, the inverse of the Warriors where they have a really tough road trip coming up. You know, they got the Bucks, the, the Sixers, the Celtics, um, even a Hawks team, you know, it's kind of feisty. Uh, the, the Bulls played them close at, at Staples. Like this is not a cakewalk of a road trip. Um, you know, going to be gone for two weeks. So I think this is really going to, you know, this next stretch of two weeks is going to be um, true insight into where the Lakers are, how seriously they're taking this. Uh, because we know, you know, ultimately the seeding doesn't matter. Record doesn't matter for them. This is a team that is the prohibitive favorite. You know, even if they end up as like a three seed, you're still going to pick them. You know, it's kind of like that 2017, 2018 Warriors season where the record doesn't really matter as long as they're in the playoffs have some type of home court advantage like they'll be fine uh but i I am interested to see like you know do they get up for that milwaukee game on thursday like how how seriously do they take philly and boston and if they can go into those places and and win and maybe even win convincingly like that kind of reaffirms that hey you know these guys are the, the prohibitive favorites number one by far and we can debate a loss like this but but really like in the grand scheme of things i think they're fine it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I want to talk about Wiseman, um, and before I get into a deeper, you know, where it's going with him in his rookie season conversation, uh, what did you think of him? That's your first time seeing him in person. I assume that the the length, size, speed combo at the center, you know, left from a lefty center is is eye popping in person. 
Um, although he had maybe his worst game of his rookie season. What did you think? You said it best. Like he is a physical marvel. Um, and seeing him versus Marcus Gasol, like, you know, that one collision, it was just, uh, it was pretty hilarious. And, uh, but I think, you know, he had five turnovers in, in 13 minutes to go with his five fouls and, um, you know, four points, three rebounds. Like you can tell he, he's still learning on the fly and, and is not fully comfortable. Like he, he looked like a rookie. And I, I think, um, I, I don't remember you know, exactly how many charges he ended up. Ha- I know it was at least two, but it might've been three. I think three, I think three. Yeah. And then, you know, a, a I'm looking at it quickly, a, a game worst minus 19 uh, in his 13 minutes like that. You know, I think he he clearly has the tools and he has the frame. And I think, um, you know, he had one just monster dunk, uh, I think, early in the game uh, where, where, you know, the, the Warriors kind of cleared out the lane and uh, no Laker rotated over. And he just dunked it from like, you know, it felt like he jumped from 10 feet away um, and just slammed it home effortlessly. And you, you kind of look at that and you're like, I mean, th- this guy is, a, is clearly a freak, but um, you know, some of the decision making, you know, again, with, with five turnovers, three charges, like he's got to make better decisions. And, and some of those were, were, you know, very obvious where like the guy was planted and he's still just taking it through their chest. And, and you're like, you know, th- that's where you use your athleticism to, to Euro step or, or try to get around the guy and, and finish around them um, instead of just plowing through them. So I think clearly some some things he has to learn and. Um, you know, I, I know the Lakers tried to drag him out with Marcus Sol and Schroeder got him a couple times. Yeah, on switches early. Uh, this was his. Yeah, I think this might have been his worst game. He's had a couple bad ones. He didn't play well against the Clippers. I think Abaka really kind of gave it to him. He's had some really good games too. I thought he was good in Denver, particularly in the second half the other night. Was really good against the Kings. Um, weirdly, they were Warriors got blown out the first two games of the season, but. Those were two of his best games. He was shooting threes back then. Steve Kerr is now saying he hasn't been shooting threes because they're telling him to dive to the rim every time. The thing is they're throwing like hundreds of things at his brain all at once on both sides of the floor, and he's just so new. Um, and I think I think it is mentally overwhelming him a little bit. I do think him more than everybody else is going to benefit from the lessened competition coming up. I think playing the Knicks, playing the Wolves a couple times um, away from the spotlight of you know i mean the guy grew up watching anthony davis and that's who he was guarding there and i do you can kind of see the jitteriness and the overthinking and and you know even the frustration they talk about him getting overly yes they like that he hits the gatorade bottle they like that he cares um but in the moment that's kind of getting in his head a little bit it's why he gets the ball in transition goes hey i'm you know i'm having a bad game i need to go make a play and then he crashes into marcus hole and gets his fifth foul so um what's interesting for the warriors is they're in this balance right now where like every result does matter you know we could be talking about a team that's going to be sitting there on the fringe of the six seven eight nine ten seed in the west in a very crowded west if people are looking at the standings um where you know nightly results matter and he's minus 19 tonight where you could say you know let's say they he doesn't get in foul trouble and they play him a bit more and if they still struggle with him on the floor maybe they lose tonight um Yet, he is the number two overall pick. He is, in a lot of ways, you know, the future, uh, uh, the next decade. And is that as a, a very valuable trade piece that helps him get the next door? Or is it just as James Wiseman, your starting center for the next decade? And they need to accelerate his growth as much as possible. And that means playing him through struggles, but also trying to win games in a very important moment of Steph Curry's career. And um, it is just, it's a balance that it's just, they're at a very interesting time. 
um, and it'll continue to be a conversation. It's it's a rabid conversation among the fan base. It's in the coaching offices. Post-game tonight, Steph had a really good answer about it, talking about, hey, I got benched for AC Law back in my rookie year, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so um, it's just – it's. It's fun, you know. It's it, it's it's it, you're seeing two eras collide, and uh, it makes sports interesting. But it is an odd balance that you very rarely see a team, not necessarily a contender, but in a desperate moment to win now, while also grooming a number two overall pick through the growing pains. I think the other thing that that kind of factors in all this is is just with. COVID-19, you don't know when a team is going to be decimated. And and that's where you need to rack up those wins because at a moment's notice, you could have four or five rotation guys out. And, you know, if you have nine or 10 guys, you know, the, the league is not going to postpone the game. You're going to have to play. Um, and that's where, you know, you could have a rough stretch of a week, 10 days, two weeks where you have nine, 10 guys and, and you start to lose games that you, you might have otherwise won. So, um, you know, and, and, I mean, that, that was kind of my what, just one of my takeaways was like you, you saw a desperation from the Warriors that, um, you know, I'm a, definitely not accustomed to seeing from, from this team. And that, that had kind of been the theme over the last couple of days uh, from, from the Lakers side was, um, you know, people asking them, what's it like with, with the power shift where, where, you know, now the Warriors are, are kind of. The, the ones that are hunting and, and not being the hunted and, and you guys are the hunted and um, just talking about the Lakers trying to make their own Warriors type run where, you know, they're looking at the next half decade of, you know, can we win multiple championships with Anthony Davis and LeBron James together? Um, so that it, I mean, th- th- this had kind of been building the last couple of days, uh, uh, you know, just this marquee matchup. And I, I think it lived up to the hype. Um, you know, I, I don't think it was as good as, I don't know if you, caught the, the end of the, the Bucks nets game, but um, it, it definitely that was. Like, that looked like the East Finals. I was joking yeah. coming on to this podcast saying we just saw the West Finals. I do not believe that. That looked like the East Finals, Bucks nets That was a great um, game. Yes. Uh, and you're right. I mean, because you did feel, you know, tonight watching Warriors-Lakers, it's that you're not leaving that wind going like, uh-oh, here come the Warriors to like, you know, threaten the Lakers. It was just more... The Lakers let it get away. Um, it's, I mean, it's it's a good sign for the Warriors what they're doing, the way they are coming back. And um, I, I do think there's a lane for them in this West because I think the West is a little overrated um, in that meat of it. Um, and, and if the Warriors develop, if, if Steve Kerr keeps sharpening rotations, finding stuff that works, if Wiseman does get more consistently better, if Draymond and Steph stay healthy and and in somewhat of a vintage version of themselves, particularly Steph scoring, um, I mean, there's, like I said, a lane to get, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh, especially with, you know, look at Portland. CJ McCollum just announced he's going to fracture foot. He's going to be out at least a month. Nurkic is already out uh, with the wrist. Like, there are, there are some teams that were considered to be above the Warriors that are going through some definite struggles of their own. So, um, yeah, like I said, interesting lane for them coming up. Meanwhile, the Lakers just kind of probably cruise into the one seed, although uh, they're, they're, I am interested in their next game. Is it it's Thursday night TNT against the uh, Bucks? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that'll be good. Two off days before that. You know, we're, we're talking about previews here. Like, that could be a potential finals preview, and – um, at a minimum, you know, the, the, the two top finishers in MVP and LeBron and Giannis. And, um, you know, I, I think that it, that is definitely one of the marquee matchups of the, of the first half of the NBA schedule um, and, and a really good test, I think, for the Lakers, because, um, you know, I, I think they're 
as, as we're discussing, like we don't really know who, if anyone is actually going to challenge them in, in the postseason. you know, assuming they can get there in, in help, you know, in one piece. So, I mean, for, for me, it's like, I look at the Clippers, I look at the Nets, I look at the Bucks, like those are the three teams that stand out. I don't know if anyone else could get, um, you know, to that level. Uh, so when they are playing a, a Clippers or a Bucks or a Nets, like, those are the matchups you, you kind of want to see them get up for. And, um, you know, definitely opening night was it was a dud for the Lakers. Uh, you know, the, the, the Clippers, you know, I embarrassed them at times. So I, I think going into this road trip, like this is going to be a tone setter for can you go into Milwaukee, you know, beat, beat a team that blew you out last year uh, in Milwaukee around the same time of year and, and kind of set the tone for this seven game trip that I, I think is going to, um, you know, kind of dictate how they're viewed, at least over the next few weeks. So um, I'm excited for that one. And I think it should be a good one. I always find it bad for the opponent when the when the league's prohibitive favorite loses the game before. Like if you're Milwaukee, you're probably watching tonight like, oh, man, the Lakers lost because that usually motivates them going into the next game. It's really as we kind of you know, try to compare this Lakers early stages of this Lakers run or what they want to be a dynastic type run to those Warriors teams. Those Warriors teams went, I think nearly three, three seasons, maybe two, two seasons. It was something ridiculous without losing back-to-back games. You know, the 73 and nine season that everyone references, it was, they didn't lose two in a row. You know, it was like, they always played really well after a loss because there's that motivation factor. And yeah, for the Lakers, like you said, you'd like to see them not only, hey, you're going into Milwaukee for a statement, but hey, you kind of played a poor game the the, the previous game, you know, go correct that. Um, so I do kind of expect that Thursday night. And in a less marquee game, the Warriors got the Spurs and Knicks coming up on a, <laughs> on a home back-to-back where um, I don't think as many uh, fans will be watching those two games, but... Those are, I don't want to say, nothing's a must win early in the season, but the Warriors need to pile up wins against bad teams because they're going to lose to a lot of good teams. So. You called it on the Forum Club that the Spurs are feisty, man. So uh, that, that's not an easy game. <laughs> no, they just whacked the Blazers in Portland. Uh, Keldon Johnson, they got, they, got a, they got some random players that are starting to look, you know, gain careers up there. So, um, Jovan, appreciate you coming on. I guess I came on to the Forum Club. It's a little combo edition. And I believe uh, this feed and the Forum Club feed will have larger podcasts up episodes uh, late Tuesday, early Wednesday. So uh, look out for that. And thanks for coming on.